It is Infertility Awareness Week in our country, and um, the takeaway here for me was 66% of patients that are dealing with infertility issues uh, surveyed in a new report say that infertility ranks as their top stressor this year, even over the pandemic. I think if you were to talk to anybody and say, what was the biggest stress factor in your life this year? It's the pandemic or, you know, the pandemic relating to uh, kids out of school or, or job loss or your business, all these sorts of things. The pandemic would be the overwhelming stress factor, right? But not if you're dealing with infertility issues. In that case, that is still your highest stress factor. So we're going to chat with a couple of people here. We have Christina Pistotnik, who is the co-owner and clinical director of Whole Family Health, and Brianna Dixon, a patient with two children, both of them conceived through IVF, after multiple, multiple attempts. Um, Christina, thank you for joining us. And Brianna, uh, same to you. Thank you for joining us this morning. appreciate your time. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, Christina, let's start with you. Um, as, as somebody who's been working in this field and dealing with this for some time, that seems pretty surprising to me that two-thirds of people with um, infertility issues say that that is still the overriding stress factor in their life, even with the pandemic. Yeah, well, the thing is, people that are suffering from infertility, um, they are on tight biological timelines. So because of this, Mm -hmm. that creates a lot more stress in their life, um, regardless of the pandemic, because especially for women, I hate to say it, but like as we age, our fertility goes down. So again, it's the biological timeline that puts a lot more stress on us. Um, I imagine it's very stressful even when we're not in a pandemic, right? I mean, that, like you say, it's, it's something that's so important to so many people. There's a timeline involved and, um, there's no getting around it. No, there isn't. And the other thing is too, pandemic, sometimes their treatments are shut down on them. So that puts an additional stress on them as well. Right. So Um, Brianna, tell us your story. You have two children. I think we can hear one of them. Is that yours? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, here, there, there, there's the testimony of a successful uh, infertility treatment. Um, just tell us your story and, and how it's ended up for you. Uh, well, it's uh, not over, unfortunately. Like, we still want to continue okay. on. So, But our story, we uh, started trying con- to conceive after we got married in 2009, and my husband is um, has a genetic condition called Klinefelter's, which made him sterile. So, and I have PCLS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So, it made getting pregnant on our own impossible. Mm-hmm. So, we didn't have a choice except to go to a fertility clinic. And um, we we did a lot. We tried three um, IUIs, which is uh, just where they like it's a it's a whole thing. But we did IUIs, and they didn't take. Um, all three of them didn't take. And so we moved to IVF and we had, we did a total of seven transfers. Um, I had three miscarriages um, and two chemicals, and then I have my two daughters. So wow, it was. Okay. A, I mean, so we're talking about stress and we're yeah. talking about how hard it is and what a struggle it is. I mean, it sounds like you went through this for years. Just what was that experience like when, when it didn't work time after time after time? That must have been devastating. It was heartbreaking, and it made you feel like it was your like guilt, like right. you did something wrong, or that you know you're you can't you aren't capable of doing something that you're biologically built to do, and and we just we couldn't do it, and it was it was hard, it was heartbreaking. Um, 
when you talk about this pandemic and things like that, obviously you're in a slightly different position now, although you are still working towards to more, more children. How did it affect your, your uh, treatment? Um, well, we are currently on the wait list to get back in. We have okay. seven, uh, seven embryos left at the, uh, the fertility clinic in Edmonton, and we're hoping to be able to start, but I know that it's a lot slower now because they can't see as many patients like right, because yeah, exactly, of yeah. social distancing and and so you, before when you would go the the waiting room was cramped like yeah. every seat was taken people were standing on the sides like it was packed and and they can't do that now because you need to social distance and keep it all safe stuff, yeah all the stuff we all know about yeah christina t- tell us about that running a practice like this and running a clinic like this uh during the middle of a pandemic um obviously it does really complicate the kind of work you can do right it really does because as brianna said we can't have as many people in the clinic we do have to time our appointments in a certain in a certain way so that we give enough cleaning time, enough space for people. We don't like to have too many people waiting at the front trying to either pay for their treatments or waiting for their practitioner to go into a treatment room. So so it is it's it's a lot harder these days mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, so much more complicated. Hey, an interesting mm-hmm. thing um, that you were talking about is, you know, with the infertility situation, what's this baby bust? We're expecting a lot fewer babies being born uh, next year. Or this year? Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly so. I know a lot of people were expecting um, to have a baby boom yeah. because everybody's at home. But because of fertility issues, um, they're actually expecting a bust. And sometimes economical issues, too. Um, a lot of people have lost their jobs, so they can't really afford to do anything extra and especially if they need um, assisted reproductive treatments. They are quite pricey, right? So, Absolutely. So yeah. that's why they're predicting a bust rather than a boom. But doesn't that sort of show that um, for some people, you can sort of pick and choose, right, when you want to start a family or when you want to have children? Um, if you're somebody going through infertility treatment, you've you got to take what you can get. Right? I mean, that's another stress factor. Oh, for sure. It's a completely yeah. huge stress factor. <laughs> yeah, I know Brianna can speak to that. So. Yeah, I mean, you just sort of have to. This for years, it must have been a constant endeavor for you, right? Like, not like other people who like obviously have a choice to pick and choose to some extent, um, but you're just yeah. sort of you've got to do it when whenever it works. Exactly. Yeah, we can't. You know, it's it's all very timed, and and if you miss a cycle you miss a cycle and sometimes you miss like you'll miss the cycle but you'll still do the transfer and then you you paid for it and then it's cost you money but you're not getting anything out of it you know you're just getting more disappointment and you have to try keep trying but it's hard because you know you only have so much time yeah exactly yeah no kidding um uh, ladies thanks so much for your time today i appreciate it. it was a great chat Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having us. us. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> um, that is Christina Pistotnik, who is the co-owner and clinical director of Whole Family Health, and Brianna Dixon, a patient uh, who's had two children now, both conceived through uh, in vitro fertilization, and, and we got to have a little appearance by at least one of them this morning at the beginning of that interview. So it sounds like they're healthy and happy and everything's going great at the Dixon household, which is nice.